Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Hey, thanks for joining us today. I hope it is a wonderful day where you are sitting and we are here to give you some wonderful business insights. One of the things that's been bothering me a lot lately is all of this external pressure and disruption facing leaders. And we can talk a lot about uh, what makes a great leader and what makes great levels of integrity but you know these pressures are are real so i invited back to this podcast dr jeffrey mcgee who i just love he is Yay, somebody thank you. <laughs> he is somebody who should be in your network you should follow on linkedin um but i'm going to let jeffrey explain to you who he is and what beautiful things he's delivering in the world today so jeffrey it's all yours well, thank you. Welcome uh, back for all of our viewers and listeners. Allison has a phenomenal program here with Disruptive CEO Nation. Uh, that's very dangerous when you ask someone, especially if they are a consultant or speaker, to introduce themselves because they could go on forever. So I will promise not to do that. The short and sweet of it is, is simply this. I work with business owners and business leaders. Uh, and a sidebar of that is I found myself also working with lots of military generals on how to leverage their human capital in their organization. It's as simple as that. I'm a big believer. And for those people that follow me on LinkedIn, every day I post something around talent development and leadership. And uh, one of the posts just recently talked about the element of every opportunity and success you've had in your business is because of your human capital. And conversely, every problem and challenge you have in your business is because of human capital. Uh, and most organizations do not even understand the depth of the human capital on their team. So that's where I get to play. Yeah. And you know, Jeffrey, I, one of the things I've been struggling with, see, I'm going to go off topic right, right away, but hopefully it's I a value. You. Hopefully it's value to our listeners. Um, no, it's this concept of decision masters. And I think, you know, we can't talk about disruption and, and, and like I said, disruption in societal changes, employee expectations, customer expectations, technology options, blah, 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 blah. You know, it, it's constantly coming at us as, as business leaders who at the end of the day, are trying to have a happy culture, create a good product, and create a profit, right? At the end of the day, those are the three yeah. things we're trying to do. I like the trio. Um, is this concept of decision master. So when you talk about leveraging human capital, you know, I've just decided the art of knowing how to make decisions <laughs> is a little lost. Um, so I would love your kind of viewpoint on, on this. I love it. So, so you're going off script and this is not what we have prepared for all of our viewers right now. So this is fun, which actually is a key element of great leadership. I mean, you can have a game plan every day and sometimes you're able to execute it as planned all the way through. But the reality for most of us is that there are disruptions, interruptions, challenges, unforeseen opportunities, problems that, that pop up for all of us every day, online, offline, in our offices, on the roadway. So a couple of thoughts on that. One, uh, which is interesting, because I'm finishing a book right now, and the working title is Change Formational. I'm making up new words here. 
Okay. So change is a billion dollar uh, industry. We all live in change and how to master change and be a change agent and Lean Six Sigma and other disciplines have come about in terms of dealing with change. But here's my here's my point. Change is where we live in the challenge and therefore problem to change. And I'll bring this back to decision making here in a second is that change happens whether we like it or not. And therefore, we live in a world of change. And when you live in a world of change, you're playing by someone else's rules. So whenever change happens, it's your ability and your organization's ability to quickly adjust, adapt, you know, modify, nuance, whatever words you want to use to, to get your momentum back in a world of change. So change is going to happen. So, so I'm, I'm moving beyond change. Anyone that's dealing with change is already behind schedules. Like the bus already left the station. As they mm -hmm. say. So transformational are the people that create change. Transformational are the people that write the rules. You study any business that's truly successful, they're transformational in what they do. Now, it may be a nuance of an industry that's always been there, but they have transformed it to a new level. So, for example, in all my leadership work with my clients and coaching, you know, and I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. I think it's the only professional business platform out there. Everything else is a bunch of noise and where people go when they have no brain cells to play. But LinkedIn <laughs> is where real adults show up. Now, it's starting to become a little bit polluted, but we'll set that to the side. So I tell people to follow businesses such as, you know, I'm a big fan of Crumble Cookies. So it's five years of age at the time we're doing this podcast. It's the fastest growth franchise in America, started by two people that had no real background in baking. But they have disrupted the industry. They've disrupted business. And if you follow them on LinkedIn, every day you'll see how to create decision makers and empower them. Back to your question. So they're transformational. So transformational is about taking the concepts of change and the concept of transformation and being able to create the mindset and culture and energy to be able to nuance those two simultaneously. That's where winning is. Now, back to decision making. You're right. We have created generations now, if every decade's a generation, then we can thank the American K-12 system for basically going on vacation for the last 30 years and producing a product. I'll refer to human beings as a product. Mm -hmm. So if you go to Best Buy to buy a computer or a TV, wherever you go to Best Buy in America for our viewers here in the United States, you expect that product, whether it's HP or Apple, to have a minimum performance level, no matter if I buy it in the Chicagoland area where you live, Allison, or in the Las Vegas area where I live, or someone's in Tupelo, Mississippi, doesn't matter. The problem is K-12 should work the exact same way. If someone's a graduate of high school, grade 12, anywhere in America, they should all operate at a certain level so an employer can hire them to be successful. So what K-12 has done in America is it's disrupted the, the intellectual capacity of human beings. Wow, that's a Down to a level of being stupid. We got dumb people. True, false. I mean, I mean, Chicago, you're in Chicago land. I mean, when it boasts statistics of 80% of its high school graduates are operating at a fourth grade level, I mean, how should anyone be proud of that? And that's not a political statement. Both parties should be embarrassed. So now back to decision making. So I've given three examples to get to your question. Yeah. So whether you are a business leader, an entrepreneur, or someone young, we have not been taught how to make a decision. You're right. So 30 years ago, IBM approached me with that exact question. See, that's how interesting your let's go off script question is. And IBM said, we've got all these brainiacs. Our business model is set up where we have based all of our design people working with our salespeople to find a client or a prospect who has a need. We solve that. We make the sale. Well, we're not able to facilitate making decisions ourselves. So they contracted with me and I came up with a model 30 years ago that I have milked to death ever since called STOP, S-T-O-P. 
You drive down the road, you see a stop sign, you see a traffic light, red, yellow, or green. A stop sign tells your brain to do four specific things on how to make a decision. So I've just taken the S, the T, the O, and the P and tied it to what psychology already tells us our brain's going to do. And now there's a four-step loop and it continuously goes. So I'll share it with our viewers right now today. So here, you're getting not only some fun, some quick ideas, but here's actually a tool to help you become better at making a decision. Teach it to your team. So the S tells you to stop and look at a new stimulant. So the S is about stopping and looking at a new stimulant. What's the challenge? What's the need? What's the problem? What's the issue? Oh, there's a detour sign in front of me. So your brain might've been thinking about 9,000 other things. So as you see the detour sign, it's telling your brain, hey, focus in on this. Once you see what the problem or challenge or opportunity is, then you go to S to T. T. The T then is the thinking, the analytic step. So now you target and think. So the T stands for target and think through. You know, again, you know, so so why is that the issue? Why is that the problem? Why is that on my dashboard? Why should I give a crap? Why isn't Allison taking care of it? So you go to all the analytic. So then once you have S, stop and C, T, target and think, O is where success lives. O is what no one in America does today, it seems like. O is about organized options. It's about innovation, creativity, letting the juices flow, looking on your team. Who's the real SME to this issue? Who owns the issue? Who's closest to this challenge? Are they involved in the conversations? Or is it a bunch of people at the executive level that have no brains on anything that are making these decisions? Pause. That may sound a little bit tough. During COVID, what's interesting, if you Google the top 32 businesses that filed bankruptcy in America, one of the interesting phenomena is that no one in the executive team ever spent time in sales and marketing. There's your clue. If you only know how to huh. save money and cut costs, that's good. But if you have no idea how to sell and make money. Hallelujah to that statement. <laughs> love it. And I spend a lot of time in my leadership work talking about revenue generation aspects. And a lot of times leaders go, well, why should I know that? Oh, thank you very much. Give me two more checks. <laughs> so the O is about organizing options. See, if you do the O, organize options, which means plural, then you can go to the P of the stop sign and P is pick and proceed. You can't pick if you only have one go forward idea. You can't pick if you only have one way to do something. So the P tells you, make sure you do the third step, which is O, get several ideas. And if you have several ideas, then there's that old wisdom statement of you always have a backup plan. You always have a contingency plan versus a lot of times what we have in America and globally in businesses and individuals is we're in implementation mode. Things blow up. We have no clue what to do. And then here's the wisdom statement. We've got to go back to the drawing board. Back to the drawing board is the third step of the decision loop, STO. It's the L, which means you didn't do the O because you should never have to go back to the drawing board. You should always have backup plans. So you asked about decision making. That would be my quick roundabout way of getting there. We don't know how. There's a simple tool. Teach it, use it, and you'll be more successful. Transformational. Hey. Thank you so much. Okay, let's lift it back to the top. Let's let's lift back to what are in in the people that you're talking to, your observations, the business you're working with, what are some of the disruptive challenges that you are seeing um, as most common struggles for people? So, so the easy go-to answer is recording this here today. And so give it a dateline. And I don't like to ever be trend and date specific. I love evergreen because it means bigger picture. It's lasting, sustainable. But mm -hmm. as we're recording this here in 2023, the, the big challenges globally facing all employers is recruiting and retention. It's as simple as that. How do I find great talent coming out of the great global reboot, which is why I refer to the two years of COVID? And how do I keep the talent that I have? So in order to understand that, let me back up and take it another direction. So there's a model that I've been using for decades called 80-10-10. And 80-10-10 is a generalization statement. So let me put that disclaimer so none of our viewers have a heart attack here. 
But in a generalization, when you look at any organization, I'll use my fist to be an organization. Whenever you look at an organization, a team, a department, a business, a group, a community, it falls into three subgroups. 80% of the group roughly are followers. So they're not good people. They're not bad people. They're followers. They're going to do what's expected. They're going to mm -hmm. do what the SOP say. They're going to follow their job description. They're going to do, you know, oh, Allison's doing that. I'll follow her. They're, they're followers. I mean, people are creatures of habit. But what the influencers are, I tell people at the beginning, are always the same percentage, the 10-10. Thus, 80-10-10 is the rule. It's not until one of the influencers starts to gather some of the followers to their side that now they've got momentum, and then sometimes it seems overwhelming. So the first way to answer your question of what's really challenging us is we first have to recognize what we think is the challenge versus what it really is. So one of the influencers- uh, is, I'm going to stop you, Jeffrey. Just- because I keep saying my big thing is if you look at my LinkedIn profile next to my little head, I have a quote and it's the start of amazing begins with a question. And my big thing, Jeffrey, is the question, the answer to the question is often a different question. And so I think this is exactly oh, where where you're going. Huge. Let me let me let me add to that. So if I was in a in a in a CEO to CEO peer group room discussion and Allison just shared that. Not only would I agree, I would massively support it with another observation. And that is my observation. I'm a huge history buff. Mm -hmm. My observation through history and in real time today is that successful leaders do not have answers. So that statement goes against conventional wisdom. And everyone always raises their eyebrows. Whoa, whoa, whoa what do you mean? If you ever study a successful leader, they do not have an answer. We, we believe they do. We assign and say they do. But no, the reason why Allison is such a phenomenal CEO or business leader and influencer is that it's what you just said is a tag on your LinkedIn profile. Successful leaders have the innate ability, so innate, or they've been grown, developed, trained, mentored, coached. To recognize that in any situation, good or bad, doesn't matter. If you don't know for a fact what the answer is, don't prove you're an idiot. <laughs> Ask the questions. Who's the SME on this topic? Who's closest to this issue? Who's been here before? Who can I phone a friend? Or as they say, or I guess I should use that hand signal now because that one's outdated. Yeah, that's you know, outdated. Who I call <laughs> to, to ask the questions. And if you ask more questions to the right people, apply STOP. What's the issue? Ask T, who in essence do I need to get a hold of? Oh, get all of them on the phone or a Zoom call or in the room. You brainstorm from all of them, put up or shut up. So you get the right people talking, the wrong ones shut up. You put all those ideas on the virtual whiteboard, as they say. Then from that, you can make a better decision, a more informed decision. And everyone goes, oh my gosh, Allison's so brilliant. Well, she understood to ask the questions. And a lot of times, as you just said, or implied or inferred, the first question, and it really isn't the question, it's the door opener to subsequent phenomenal questions. Yeah. And so that's what 801010 gives you that ability to recognize again. So the influencers, so 80% everyone visualize a question mark. So the 80% is a question mark. People are looking for an answer and that's the way they go. One of the 10% that's an influencer is a plus sign. The other 10% that's an influencer is a negative sign. So my plus sign people are transformers. These are the ones that will transform you forward. So again, how much time do you invest in them? Typically little. Do you talk to them first thing every morning? Typically no. See, what's interesting is that the 10% that's going to influence your momentum to be more successful and make better decisions are the people you interact with last almost every day because the negative sign people are the ones that dominate our time. They cause us to not be able to sleep at night. They're the ones that we spend the most time with. So again, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, as that old wisdom statement says. So if you deal with the nightmare people first, you get more of those nightmares. So I call that negative group your terrorist. A little politically sensitive language <laughs> in 23, but I'm not changing my label because I'm branded with it for 30 years.
You've got followers, transformers, and terrors. So now back to your element, what's challenging people today and disrupting is that they need to be listening to the transformers. And what's happening is we're not. We are placating, in essence, everyone because we are scared of the terrorists. We give them time. The media shows all of these people that are complaining or picketing or marching or whatever. But if the camera would just shut up and zoom out, you would see it's eight people. They make it look like a mob scene of, of a billion. You know, yeah. th there's a statement I heard recently from a military general. And the reason I'm, I'm quoting it there is because, and again, if you follow General Beagle on LinkedIn, the gentleman is a phenomenal leader. Everyone should be following him. I mean, he understands engaging the team front line. I've had him write for my magazine, Performance Magazine, a couple of times. And then and the reason it pops to my head is because I heard it like, like within the same week from two business leaders. And so then when I started, I was, wait a minute, these ideas transcend different industries. But the comment was this. Well, we've got to recognize when we talk about disruption and what's really in front of us today is who is it that we're listening to? Who is it that we give attention to? And are we really dealing with, in essence, an immediate issue that has nothing to do with the future and sustainability or dealing with trends? So your terrorists are very myopically focused. Terrorists, in essence, everything that that 10% that's negative is yelling about or complaining about is never a sustainable issue. It's so myopical and self-indulgent. Bingo. So don't take the bait. What you want to look at for the future is your transformers will tell you where your future is. Your followers will tell you where today is. And your terrorists will complain about everything from the past. And if you mm -hmm. look at successful business entrepreneurs, whether it's a small mom and pop shop, a solo business entrepreneur following us today, or whether it's a large major enterprise, you realize you've got all three of these constituents. But the way you start to engage the negative people goes back to one of your very first questions. You, you give them skin in the game and you make them 100% accountable. Put their name 100% accountable on the, on the line of doing something. If, 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 if I... If Allison viewed Jeff McGee as that negative naysayer, um, always disrupting, passive aggressive, always complaining, it wouldn't be in essence, well, let's put Jeff on a team with some other people to try to solve it. No, and now I'm just going to drive a smaller group of people crazy because now I'm going to complain to them about you behind your back. What you do is you put Jeff 100% in charge of that very issue because the beauty is when you put the negative person 100% in charge of the thing that they bitch about most, two things happen and either way you win. They'll commit suicide, you win, they're gone. Or they'll get the job done. Now, so if people don't freak out, what I mean by suicide meaning, they will quit. They will leave. They will set themselves up for failure. And no one's going to do that in the workplace. When they see their names actually on the dotted line of accountability, now it's amazing how they change their tune, their attitude, and they're going to want to participate. So yeah. if parents don't like what's going on in schools, what a good smart school board would say, wait a second, why are we allowing parents to leave and, and go to private schools? There shouldn't be a private school in America. Why do we have evangelical-based schools? There shouldn't be one in America. All of us are already paying for public schools. How about they do their job? So every parent that's complaining, you should run and be on the school board. You should get involved in the PTAs, which basically don't exist anymore. And here's a very sexist statement. In the 60s and 70s, when I was a child, we had things called homeroom moms. Oh, oh, they still have those. Today. I've done so many homeroom mom. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's my point. Usually I've got to put the disclaimer because people with no brain cells, they freak out when they hear me say that. Oh, no. Parents I'm were involved in school. I'm a show choir mom right now, Jeffrey. That's a whole You're mother. blowing up every bottle, Allison. I love you. See, <laughs> see people a... don't understand what you just said. See, that, and that's why I put the disclaimer first because people freak out and it's not sexist at all. Parents should be involved. 
Yeah. People should, employers should be involved. We're going to hire kids out of high school and college. Employers should be involved in the PTA. You see, now I'm really blowing up the model. Yeah. Disruptive nation, go get your top business leaders in your community and say, we want at least one of you to serve on the, on the, uh, school board one of you needs to be on the school board because you're going to help us to understand what should that product look like by grade 12 so they can be gainfully employed in the community and be a positive contributor to the community ah there's a brain blow up jeffrey i'm going to say this and then we're going to we're going to flip topics i'm going to say this i have sat this was this was a, a couple of years a number of years ago but i sat in a school presentation once when they talked about changing the curriculum changing the way that they 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 technically don't grade changing the way that they do things and i looked to the person sitting next to me that i didn't even know and before i could stop what was falling out of my mouth i said to this person i said one day these kids will come work for me and i will make them cry and i didn't mean to be an evil an evil person but there's a reality to business success that is starting to get lost now i'm going to we're going to flip here jeffrey because a lot of the entrepreneurs and the people that I I speak to, network business builders, are building are still at a stage of smaller operations and fast scaling operations, and so I want to make sure that we squeeze in some time to talk about disruptive challenges for for them because when you are uh, you you your example you gave earlier, Crumble Cookies when they they started and got off the ground there were disruptive pressures and decisions to be made all around them. Um, anything that you would say that you're seeing or observing on, on struggles for those, those entrepreneurs who are more in that startup scale up kind of stage. Absolutely. So a couple of quick thoughts I'd share with them. If you're in a small business position. So again, any of the categories you just mentioned, I, I would challenge you to make your decisions from a perspective of uh, scalable and sellable. Whether you ever plan to sell your business or not doesn't matter. But if you will make decisions today and think, how can this decision help me to scale my business so I can one day have it in a position to sell it? What you'll start recognizing is you may make different decisions today, which will put you on a trajectory for greater success tomorrow. So one, when you're looking at the immediacy, you have to gauge it around the long-term implications of your business. So think about that. That's one. Second, you need to become very, very focused. If you are in a in at the smaller end of the spectrum of your business, solo entrepreneur, you may never want to have an employee. You're a small business. You may not want to grow to multiple locations, et cetera. That's fine. You still got to recognize what's my niche? What's my specific? And you've got to become very, very good at that specific. Don't try to be all things to all people because that can actually come back to hurt you. Now, let me contradict that. I've got a client of mine in Pennsylvania in in, uh, in Amish country, and uh, one of their clients is is a business that has the uniqueness of being able to within within a space it can do anything for you. So so you can do a lot of things if that's your space. But otherwise, for most of us, you've got to figure out what really is your space and don't try to compete with the big boys down the street, as they would say, because sometimes smaller is better. Uniqueness mm -hmm. is better. Let someone else go after the bigger picture. So number two, get really clear on what your what your real niche is, what your real product is, what your um, subject matter expertise is. Number three, the third component for that smaller person is two words, on and in. We spend so much time working 
in our business that we forget to work on our business. So again, no matter what your size is, especially if you're smaller, make sure you schedule time every day or at least once a week. Put a put some kind of a note in your cell phone so it reminds you, you know, this time on this day, pause and take a couple of minutes or a couple of hours, block it out. To work on the business is big picture down the road tomorrow and future in the business is taking care of right now. And the problem is when you're in trouble or you have disruptions taking place, you're in crisis mode or whatever word you want to put on it. It's very easy to be so immersed in the business. You're not working on the business. Back to one of your yeah. earlier questions, what's challenging lots of employers is, is retention. Well, part of one of the ways of looking at retention is in and on. You've been so busy working in your business, you never stop to look at each individual that's really your core key talent and say, how am I working on keeping them, on developing them, on meeting what are their future needs? Where do they want to be in one or three or five or 10 years so they don't leave this employer? You know, there's a trend out there that's being hawked by a bun bunch of mental midgets saying, well, you should only work for a company for about two years and go somewhere else. To get experiences, I'm going, wow, that's a that that absolutely is incorrect from anyone who's ever actually signed a paycheck. If you work somewhere for one to two years, you're not a master of anything. You're just then starting to figure the business out and its culture and customers and et cetera. And then you leave. It's like you know, you get two years of a honeymoon before you have to actually start doing some work. And then that's a lot of times when people do leave. Well, on would be look at that business and say, wait a second, if part of what they're saying is that to get great experiences, you need to move around different companies. Well, wait a minute. If we're a mid-sized to large company, I need to work on my business and give people a chance to move around within my business so that grows them so they'll stay at my business. Yeah, Jeffrey, you know, I have this thing and and I always have to be very careful and, and say to my teams, okay, you understand where I'm coming from. Because I believe as an employer, if I'm giving employees resume experiences while they are working for me and ongoing and continued resume experiences, they will stay. And I have to be very cautious though, because it, depending on the mind of the of the employee who's listening, they might be thinking I want them to go or I'm like, but, but I'm like, no, every everybody needs a shiny red apple. Everybody needs to feel like they're having some growth or some professional success, even if they stay with the same job, same title for a number of years. We as a, as as leaders need to find outlets for employees to, um, you know, this is like, where you said earlier, putting their name on things for accountability for my troublemaker employees. Um, I need to do the same though, still for my transformational employees. Absolutely. If they don't have something that can bring them joy or that they can get complimented publicly for in a good way, they will look for other opportunities. But if we are incentivizing them and recognizing and rewarding the behaviors that we want them to repeat, we will retain them. Um, and so I think everything you've said here is great. Hey, we come up so quickly on time on this podcast. Uh, Thank you. I like to ask my guests if we talk to them in another two or three years, you know, what are they doing? What's the story? I know you just have so many things um, going on, but can you give us a gem of what your sites are set on next in your life? I appreciate it. So my, again, my media company is professionalperformancemagazine.com. So on that side, just continuously growing it. It's 33 years in, in age right now, doing great. Uh, that publication allows me to reach out to phenomenal people, you know, create great content and ideas for, for people just like what you do. So on that side, it really is this continuation of where it's going. It's great. We're getting ready to launch a streaming television program off of it. So that would be one. On my talent development side, which is my name, Jeffrey McGee. So uh, on that side, I love what I do. So 
where I expect to be in a couple of years actually is the exact same place I am at, which every day I need to evolve and transform to be successful in that area. But again, um, my signature area of work is leadership and sales. And so I've got a phenomenal leadership program where I go into a small number of businesses uh, for multi-year uh, relationship and help them to grow their human capital. They're, they're, that is a need. That is my space. So that product's not going away. So the answer is I love what I'm doing. It's just it's just being at the front of the race of the pack of people in those two lanes. And I'm going to joke and being in Las Vegas, I hope you have continued water in the next. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Big snowstorms. We need more up in the mountain. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Hey, Jeffrey, if people want to get a hold of you, LinkedIn is the number one place they should be looking. Definitely follow me on LinkedIn. And then again, you can track me from my talent development side, jeffreymcgee.com. And uh, the magazine is professionalperformancemagazine.com. So all three are great places. Yes, thank you. Hey, thank you so much for being a guest. And to our listeners, if Jeffrey said something that you think somebody else needs to hear, pass along a copy of this episode. And if you think he can help you out in any way, uh, look him up. Hey, as we always say, until we speak again, keep your eyes on the future and always be disruptive. Jeffrey, thank you again for being such a great guest. Thank you, Allison. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.